You're listening to The Word of Hope, a radio ministry of Hope Lutheran Church in Aurora, Colorado. Our preacher is Pastor Brian Wolfmuller with today's Word of Hope. In the name of Jesus, amen. Dear Jasmine and dear saints of God, two of the strangest stories in all of Holy Scripture are put before you this morning, and both of them, in one way or another, are about prayer. The first is a story from the Old Testament about Israel. Although he's not yet named Israel, he is at this point called Jacob, and he's traveling at home, traveling home after 14 years of, of exile, really. He left 14 years ago after he had stole the blessing from his father, Isaac, and, and now went to stay with his uncle Laban, and he's been married twice now with a family and a large flock, but he's, he's headed back home, and he knows that coming back home means that he'll meet Esau, his brother, who, whom he not only stole his birthright, but he also stole his blessing, and he's pretty sure that things are not going to go well. So he comes to the river Jabbok, and he sends his wives, Rachel and Leah, and their children, and, and all their servants, and all the animals, their flocks, uh, they, and, and herds, they send them across the river, and only Jacob is left there on, on the riverbank. And Jesus comes. Now, at this point, we, we, we might stop and say, what do we think will happen next? And, and we might be able to make some pretty good guesses. Probably Jacob will fall down on his face and worship the Lord. Probably the Lord will speak some words of wisdom to him, give him some instruction, maybe make a promise to him, give him a blessing. Pretty likely that he'll make an altar and offer a sacrifice to the Lord and he'll name that place after the altar that he makes. In other words, this kind of thing happens and we're ready for that. But, but what we're not ready for is what actually happens. That God starts a wrestling match with Jacob. I mean, think about that. It's kind of ridiculous. <laughs> it is they, they spend, and it's not just a, a little thing. They spend all night, as I grow up, my grandfather had to correct me over and over. It's not wrestling, it's, it's wrestling. <laughs> and we'd watch it on TV and get into it. This is what's happening. J- Jacob and the Lord wrestle. Now, the more, uh, the more clearly you can see this in your mind and your imagination, the more absurd it becomes. I, I don't know how the fight started. If they, if they were just standing there looking at each other and then just went at it, or maybe the Lord came and tripped them, you know, that's how I'd always start wrestling matches with my brother. And, and now they're after it. And they're, and they're all night grappling with one another. The sweat is just rolling off of their faces and their hair. There, there's mud and dirt and sand pressed into their face from, from holding each other down and grabbing onto each other and throwing each other and rolling on top of each other, maybe into the water, and then they're fighting back out in this way and that all night. What? I mean, this is, the, this is one of the craziest things to see. And then morning comes. And the Lord seems to have only wanted to fight during the night. And now that morning is there, he's going to leave. But Jacob won't let go. He holds on to him. And he tries to get away. And he won't let him go. And then this happens. When the man, who is the Lord, saw that he did not prevail against Jacob, he touched his hip socket. And Jacob's hip was put out of joint. 
as he wrestled with him. Then he said, let me go because it's day. But Jacob said, I will not let you go until you bless me. And he said to him, what is your name? And he said, Jacob. Then he said, your name shall no longer be called Jacob, but Israel, because you have wrestled with God and with men and have prevailed. Israel means wrestles with God. (laughs) Struggles against the Lord. That's what it means. Can you imagine that the entire nation is named that? That this is how it begins? That this is where the name comes from? From this all-night wrestling match with the Lord and the fords of the river Jabbok? And then Jacob says back, Please tell me your name. But he said, Why do you ask that I tell you my name? And there he blessed him. So Jacob called the name of that place Peniel, saying, I have seen God face to face, and yet my life has been delivered. And the sun rose. Strange. But if you think that's unexpected, look at the gospel. Matthew chapter 15. Jesus has has traveled out of Israel one of the very few times that he left the nation of Israel. And he's traveled up north to the region of Tyre and Sidon, these ports along the Mediterranean. It's now in Syria. Uh, you can't really travel there. It's not safe. Uh, major uh, nations, This at this time, they were Roman seaports. And Je- so Jesus travels out of Israel up to Tyre and Sidon. And we, and we don't know why. In fact, all we know, the only thing that happens when he's up there is the, is the story that we have for us in Matthew chapter 15. And as Jesus is visiting this place, a Canaanite woman from the region comes crying out to him because her daughter has a demon. And she comes crying to Jesus that he would deliver her and that he would rescue her. Now, again, at this point, we can pause and say, what do we expect to happen next? And there's a lot of very likely options. <laughs> I mean, just like there was with Jacob meeting Jesus. We expect that Jesus would would heal the girl, or maybe that he would call for the girl to be brought to him so that he could talk to talk to her and, in fact, address the demons and send them packing. Maybe Jesus would give some sort of assignment, like take the girl and have her go wash in this pool or do something like this, and that at the moment that that happened, she would be healed. Any sort of things like this. But what happens is almost totally unexpected. Jesus, after hearing this woman's cry, hearing this woman's prayer, he acts as if he will not help her. And they start a wrestling match, Jesus and this Canaanite woman, that lasts three rounds. The first round is the silence of Jesus. It sounds like this. Jesus went away from there and a widow of the district of Tyre and Sidon Oh, sorry, and to the, due to the district of Tyre and Sidon. And behold, a Canaanite woman from that region came out and was crying, Have mercy on me, O Lord, son of David, for my daughter is severely oppressed by a demon. But he did not answer her a word. Really? He ignores her. He gives her the silent treatment. He acts as if she can't, as if he can't even hear her. Now we look at that and we say, that's 
Rude. But it gets worse. Round two. Jesus puts her off indirectly by talking to the disciples. It sounds like this. His disciples came and begged him, saying, Send her away, for she is crying out after us. This woman wouldn't stop following them, but whatever, wherever they went, she was going on behind them, and she kept crying out for mercy. And Jesus the whole time is ignoring her, and the disciples are trying to ignore her, but they can't. They finally get so annoyed that they come to Jesus and say, Send her away. And Jesus answers to the disciples, not to the woman, I was sent only to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Now, if the silence of Jesus isn't enough, surely this will be. She'll hear those words that Jesus was sent to the lost sheep of Israel and she'll realize that she is not of Israel. She's a Canaanite. She's a heathen. She doesn't belong to the nation. He's not her Messiah. But she is not even held back by this. But she came, instead of being behind him, the text says she came and knelt in front of him, fell on the ground, and says, Lord, have mercy. And now round three. Jesus calls her a dog. (laughs) I mean, if the silence... And telling her that he didn't come for her isn't enough. We surely think this would do it. That she would leave totally offended. That she would tell all of her friends, you heard all sorts of great things about this, Jesus. Let me tell you, they're not true. Listen to what happened to me. This is verse 26. And Jesus answered her, It is not right to take the children's bread and throw it to the dogs. Now, I'll tell you, whatever you expected to happen when this woman came to Jesus, this is not it. (laughs) Never has our Lord acted this way or spoken such harsh words like this. But I suppose it's true that never had the Lord showed up to wrestle with a man on the side of the river either. (laughs) The Lord seems to delight in doing things differently. And He's put this for us. He's put these words here for us. Because look at what this woman does. She says, Yes, Lord. Yet even the dogs eat the crumbs that fall from their master's table. If you'll call me a dog, that's all I need. And I just ask for what belongs to the dogs. Now, I suppose we can understand this a little bit, uh, even in our own lives. The, the picture is of a, of a husband and wife that are in an argument, and, uh, and, and, and maybe the, the husband did something stupid, and so the wife is giving him the silent treatment. You have to imagine this. I'm sure it's probably never happened to you before, but imagine how this would go. And it goes for three or four hours. And then finally, as, as they're sitting there, not saying anything to each other, the wife turns to the husband and says... You smell funny. (laughs) And the husband says, Yes! I smell funny. And I dress ugly. And I'm a moron. (laughs) But at least we're talking. See? All he needs is that word. And that's all that this woman needs from Jesus. It's not right to take the food from the table and throw it to the dogs. And she says, Yes! A dog is right. 
And I want only what comes to the dogs, just the scraps and the crumbs that fall over the edge. That's all I'm asking for. Just that you would help my daughter and relieve her from this trouble. She finds, like Luther says, she she finds the hidden yes in the apparent no. She has Jesus by His Word. Which is exactly what Jesus wanted the whole time. And He turns to her and He answers her, O woman, great is your faith. Be it done for you as you desire. And her daughter was healed instantly. She's wrestled with God and with man. and She too has prevailed. Now I suppose that thinking at least about this second text, that we probably do the same thing for the Lord every time we come in here and confess our sins. It is an insult, a seeming insult, that God in His law calls you a sinner. But we don't deny it. We don't get mad and say, how dare He call me a sinner and storm off offended. No, in fact, we embrace it. Lord, if You call me a sinner, then a sinner I'll be. And I'll only ask what You have for sinners. Your mercy and Your kindness. Your body and Your blood. Your forgiveness. Your life and Your death. I'll just ask what's due a sinner. Like a dog gets the scraps, a sinner gets a Savior. And we are content with that. But what else can we make of these texts? Of God wrestling with, with Jacob on the Jabbok River. And with Jesus' conversation with this Canaanite woman. And what do they teach us about prayer? I think the first thing that we consider is this. God is not a vending machine. It's not that we, in our prayers, go and simply press a certain buttons and then the Lord kind of out through the chute spits out the things that we ask for. Or we press a certain button and ask for something and then it says, will you owe me 75 cents worth of good works and then I'll give it to you. Something like this. That God is in fact a person and that our prayers are interacting with Him. I think probably more than any other question that I get as your pastor, I get this question from you. Pastor, why is the Lord not answering my prayer? That my children would come to church. That my pain would go away. That violence would cease in the world. That sickness would stop troubling. That I wouldn't have all of this trouble or all of this temptation. It seems like God isn't answering. And I suppose that's exactly what this Canaanite woman would say. Where is God? Why is He acting like He's ignoring me? Why is He not keeping His word, His end of the bargain? And the answer is, I don't know. I don't know why Jesus treated the Canaanite woman this way. I don't know why when he met Jacob, he decided the best thing for that moment would be to wrestle with him through the night. 
I don't know why. When the Lord looks upon you and your family in His love and His kindness, He lets you endure the things that you're enduring. And He causes you to go through the things that you're suffering. And He makes you wait through the long nights of prayer and agony. I don't know why the Lord has decided that it should be this way. But I do know that He's promised to hear your prayers. It might be that you have to wrestle all through the night. It might be that you have to endure silence. It could be like the Apostle Paul who prayed three times that the thorn would be taken from him and the Lord finally said no. It might be like that for you. But this does not mean that we stop praying. And whatever it means, it does not mean that we stop looking to the Lord for all good. We cry out to Him in time of need. And this is perhaps the the second thing. That as we suffer, and as we're troubled, and as we pray, and as we wrestle, in the midst of all of this, we look to the place where the Lord does deliver certainties. If you and remember, we we speak of this often, but it's it's very good to remember. If we were to try to determine if the Lord loves us just from the circumstances of our own lives, we would think that sometimes, surely He loves us. That things are going well, everyone is happy, the weather's nice, God loves me. But then things turn sour, and we think the opposite. Everyone's getting sick, people are dying. I'm going through all sorts of trouble, and it must be that God hates me. This is the devil's temptation. To, to, to try to find certainty, or in fact, to try to find the answer to how does God think about me, to try to find that not in the certainty of the Word, but rather in the uncertainty of our own circumstances. And in the midst of this temptation, we look to the place where the Lord is certain. We look to the cross. I don't know why you're dying of cancer, but I do know that Jesus loves you because because His Son died for you. I don't know why the Lord has handed you over to affliction, to hunger, to sorrow and tears and uncertainty, but I do know that He loves you because His Son died for you. I don't know why the Lord seems to not be answering your prayers. And it seems like it's nothing but silence. There's trouble everywhere you look. I don't know why. But I do know that He loves you because Jesus shed His blood for you. That He finished the work of salvation for you. That He endured the wrath of God for you. And I do not know why the Lord has handed you over to such to such temptation. So that you're tempted to think that your sin has overwhelmed you. But I do know that He forgives you. I do know that He feeds you with the very body and blood of His Son. I do know that He has a place for you in eternal life. And in in the midst of all of the uncertainties of this life, which all of us have, in the midst of all of it, The Lord has brought us here to have the absolute certainty and the absolute confidence that Christ has died and that He has raised. 
to have the unassailable confidence that God has loved you and that He forgives you all of your sins. And He's even put His Son's body and blood on the altar so that in the midst of all of your wondering and all of your doubt, you would know that He is here and He is here for you and He will always be here for you. You might have to wrestle through the night. You might have to pray out for a while and endure some silence. But in the midst of all of it, the Lord speaks and He promises and He comforts and He loves. Dear saints, He loves you. And this is our confidence and this is our hope. Amen. And now may the peace of God, which passes all understanding, guard your hearts and minds through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. We hope you were blessed by today's Word of Hope. Hope Lutheran Church is located at 1345 Macon Street in Aurora, Colorado. Their weekly schedule is as follows. Sunday morning worship at 9.15, adult Bible class and youth Sunday school at 10.45 a.m. On Tuesday mornings, there is a matin service at 8.30 a.m. with a Bible class to follow at 9.30 a.m. You can find out more about Hope Lutheran Church at www.hope-aurora.org. That's www.hope-aurora.org. Until next time, may the Lord bless you and keep you in His grace.